0: Welcome to the Smichel Speaks podcast channel. I'm Joanne Smichael and I'm delighted that you tuned in for relevant leadership learning that will help you continue to soar. Enjoy this episode. Doug Stevenson, founder of Story Theatre International, is back. And I am happy to welcome this author, actor, trainer, speaker, consultant, and professional storyteller again. If you haven't read his book or seen his TED talk, today is the day to do that. Welcome back, Doug.
1: Thank you so much. Boy, oh, boy, I'm all those things, huh?
0: Yes, you are. Will you give us a quick recap on what are stories and how they help leaders advance their brands? That's what we talked a little bit about the last time you were on. So would you just give us a quick recap on that?
1: Well, there's all kinds of stories. I mean, there's, you know, traditional stories and folk stories. What I focus on are stories that can be used in a business context, either as a leader, as a salesperson, as an HR director, whatever, or as a professional speaker or trainer. And so the stories that I, I work with people on are generally your personal stories, a story from your life where you encountered an obstacle or a challenge and learned a life lesson. So basically, anything big or small from your life, anywhere from you know your teenage years forward, whatever, where... Something happened. Something didn't go as planned. You thought everything was going to be great, but it didn't work out that way. And because it didn't work out that way, you were forced to figure out, how do I deal with this? What can I learn from this? Either about process, bad planning, bad sequence, didn't know that was going to happen, something exterior like a a delayed flight or a canceled flight screws you up or something internal like fear or lack of self-esteem or uh, the the uh, fear of confrontation. But there's an obstacle either external or internal and we learn something from that. And then we apply that lesson from our life to a business context, to a sales context or to a leadership context or to a context of change or diversity or whatever. And so stories are just simply, I I was I was trying to do something It didn't go as planned. I figured out a way to get over it. And I learned this life lesson. And now I apply that lesson and I do things differently if I'm in a similar situation.
0: Okay, I got that. So can we talk about how to use stories skillfully? Because I I see how, okay, I want to tell the story of how I learned X or Y, but how do I do that? And how do I do it in a way that a people are going to listen to me, and b that they'll learn with me? They'll learn the lesson with me.
1: Well, the first thing is you got to be strategic. You you start with the point in mind. Quite often, you say, "What do I need a story to teach?" I'm going to give a speech, or I'm being asked to talk about da 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 da. I'm being asked to talk about diversity. I'm being asked to talk about change. I'm being asked to talk about sales. What is the context? What is the lesson that you're trying to teach? We start with the lesson. We start with the point in mind. And then we go searching through our life experience for where did I learn that lesson that I want to teach other people? Now, we can just say it or we can tell a story about it. And a story is going to be far more engaging because as we talked about in the last episode, you create intrigue you create interest. When you tell a story, the listener doesn't just listen, they participate. They see it. They feel it. They experience it viscerally. And so when people worry about, well, why would anybody want to listen to my story? Because your story is my story. Mm -hmm. No matter what you're telling me a story about, you could be a woman telling a story to me, and I'm a man, and I'm still going to relate to the experience, to the challenge, to the thing that's going on. So first, we either start with the point in mind, and then we find the story that would match that. I call it going on a story safari through your life. Or we start with the story sometimes something happens in your life and i'm sure you've had this happen and everybody listening has had this happen you're 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 just going through your day or you're going through your you know a, a trip or a work project or you know thanksgiving dinner whatever the heck and stuff goes wrong and it's kind of a calamity or a tragedy but immediately after it happens, you're able to look at it and go, that was interesting. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That was really interesting. That was something. That was something. Because that's happened to me before in a similar way. And it keeps happening to me. And all of a sudden, one day you go, oh my gosh, I think I got it. I think I learned, I figured out what that pattern of mistake is it can be a different mistake every time or a different obstacle every time but there's a pattern to it and I, i'm starting to get it this is me always showing up late okay In all these different situations i'm always showing up late it's not the car it's not the traffic it's not all of these other things it's me oh my gosh and so we 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 find these stories sometimes we go Okay, I'm going to put that one on the shelf because that teaches Mm -hmm. Mm da-da-da-da. Well, when I went streaking, after I got got done with my streaking exercise and getting arrested naked and having this traumatic experience, the next day I knew I finally have some stand-up comedy material. So I knew immediately it's like, oh, my God, that was hilarious. I got to tell that story because everybody that hears me talking about what I did last night, oh, that's hilarious. That's hilarious. So many times now, because my brain is a story brain, I see story everywhere. When something happens, quite often I'm asking myself, what was that? Can I use that? Was there a lesson there that would apply to something else? And so like my pill and the peanut butter story, I don't know if you know this story. I'm going to tell you this real quick story. Um, I get hired time after time after time, or I did, by organizations who say, Doug, we are too technical. We've got all of these PowerPoint slides and we're, we're we're technical, we've got all this data and all these statistics and all these facts, but we're boring. And we know that story will help us. And so I kept getting hired, because of the same obstacle or challenge at all these organizations, whether they're in pharma or manufacturing or government or high tech or whatever, it's like too much data, too much science, too much content. And, and one day in Los Angeles, I decided that I was gonna go out and get a dog because I grew up with dogs and I decided, I'm gonna get a dog, I wanna have a dog, I wanna have a companion. And I brought home a little black lab puppy. And I just started to raise my little black lab puppy. She was Jaya. Her name was Jaya. And she was adorable. And everything was great until she was about two years old. And for the first time in the morning at breakfast time, she didn't come out to get breakfast. And I went over and I looked at her. It's like, Jaya, what's going on? And she just looked up at me with these sad eyes, but she did not move. Well, I knew that she was sick, so I took her to the vet. And the vet, this lady named Dr. Joanne said, yeah, you know, I did a blood test on Jaya and she's got a little uh, she's got a little virus. It's not a big deal, Doug, but but uh, she's she's got a, a doggy cold. So I'm going to give you these pills, give her one with breakfast and one with dinner. And she gave me a tutorial about how do you give a dog a pill? So at dinner time, I called her over and I said, OK, Jaya. I've got to give you this pill. And Dr. Joanne told me that what I need to do, so work with me on this, Jaya. I got to open your mouth. So I got to pry open your mouth. And I've got to shove this pill way down into the back of your throat, Jaya. Come on, work with me on this. And I got to hold your mouth closed. And you're going to swallow the pill. So (laughs) I did this. I shoved the pill way down in the back of her throat. I held her muzzle closed. And she just sat there staring up at me. Like, what the heck are you doing to me? And I'm staring at her because I've never done it before. And it's like, I don't know if she swallowed the pill or not. I think this is supposed to work. Well, after about 45 seconds, I thought, well, I guess she must have swallowed it. I let go of her mouth. And what does she do? <laughs> she spits up the pill. Everybody listening to this knows exactly what I'm talking about. Who's ever had a dog or a cat. So she spits up the pill. She spits up another pill. I'm thinking, oh, my God, these are expensive. I'm a struggling actor. I can't just go through all these pills. It was after hours for the vet. I didn't want to call the vet because it's extra money. So I called my friend, John. My friend, John says, oh, oh, I know what you do. Here's what you do. This is what we do with Buddy. You got any peanut butter? I said, John, what are you talking about peanut butter? I'm trying to give my dog a pill. He says, hide the pill in the peanut butter. I said, what, what are you talking about? How do you do that? And he says, get a scoop of peanut butter, put it in the palm of your hand, hide the pill in the peanut butter, hold it down there. She'll lap it up. She'll swallow the pill. I said, that's going to work. He says, yeah, it works every time. Just give it a shot. So I hung up the phone. I did what he said. I got some peanut butter, put it in my palm, hid the pill in the peanut butter, held it down to Jaya. She just lapped it up. I thought, oh my God, she swallowed the pill. And of course she got better. But what has that got to do with business? 15 years after I left Hollywood, I'm now on my third black lab. Her name is Beulah. She's adorable, but she just got sick. And I just, at breakfast time, I had to do the pill and the peanut butter thing with her at breakfast time. A half hour later, I'm on the phone with a lady from a pharmaceutical company. And she's talking to me about wanting to hire me. And she's saying, Doug, here's our problem. We got too much science and compliance. We've got to have all this you know, technical data that we talk to doctors about. But but we're not selling enough pills. We're, we feel like we're shelling our content down people's throats. We, we feel like that we're, we're not selling this pill. It's all science and data, but it's not engaging. Can you help us with story? Without thinking about it, I said, you know, that's interesting. Because just this morning, I had to give my dog a pill. And I told her about how I hid the pill in the peanut butter. And I said, you know what? You're talking about trying to sell your pill. And your pill is good medicine, but when you go out and you just talk about the pill, the science and the data and the compliance, it's like, it's too much. It's boring. It's like (laughs) you're shoving your pill down people's throats. But story is like the peanut butter. Story is sticky. Story is engaging. It's delicious. It's tasty. What I can help your people learn how to do is not just get rid of the data and tell stories is I'm going to help them learn how to hide the pill, a little bit of the data in the story. You're going to embed some of the data in a story about a customer, a patient who needs the pill to get better. How does that sound? I like she, that. She paused for a second. She I said, like that. I have never heard anybody explain it that way.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Get out your calendar. Let's pick a date.
0: Mm-hmm. And right
1: there on the spot, I got hired.
0: Mm-hmm once I like
1: again, that. I got off the I got off the the phone, and I thought that worked. <laughs> that story worked. So now we're talking about a story that sells. Mm-hmm. That story sold my services. It sold my training. But mm-hmm. it also explained what I did not in a technical way, but through a story
0: so story is explanatory. It is explanatory. It's exploratory. I hear that from you, but it's also explanatory in that, so. in that you can use it to make whatever your concept is more more real to engaging. people. It's more yes. engaging. Okay. Because
1: while I was telling the story, everybody listening to this, I want to ask you this. Did you see it? Mm-hmm. Did you see a dog? Did you see me giving my dog a pill? Did you see her looking up at me with sad eyes? Yes, you did. Did you feel it? Did you feel sad or did you feel empathy or were you happy when she got well? I mean, that's the thing about story is you can't just listen. Mm -hmm. It activates your brain.
0: Uh That's why story
1: works. It's brain science.
0: I like that. So what else, what else goes into the how?
1: Well, first we start with strategy, choosing the right story. Then we have to sit down and say, okay, I need to craft my story. I need to actually sit down and write it out or at least outline it. Mm-hmm. What is the sequence? What are the elements that are going to go into the story? Because if you just think about a story and you get up and you tell it without having rehearsed it or practiced it or thought about it, crafted it in any way, it could come out of your mouth way different than you thought about
0: mm-hmm. because
1: you haven't really like prepared it. It's kind of like you don't prepare a report Five minutes before a meeting, when you're going into a business meeting, you, you, you sit there and you work on it and you work on your slides and you work on what do I want to say? And what's the sequence of what I want to say? Story is like that. You need to take the time to develop the story. Now, I've developed what I call the nine steps of story structure. I'm going to read the nine steps to you, the nine steps of story structure. And this is basically story structure, practically every story, but I've adapted it for business. So step one, set the scene time and place. When did this happen? When and where did this happen? Step two, introduce the characters. Who are the characters in your story? Well, if it's your boss, don't just tell me my boss. Give me some adjectives to describe your boss. If it's your mom, give me some adjectives. Just describe the main characters. Step three, begin the journey. Well, the journey is whatever you're trying to accomplish. It's the task. It's the goal. It's the objective. In my pill in the peanut butter story, the task is to get my dog to take the pill. It's not a big deal. It's a simple thing. But begin the journey. Step four is encounter the obstacle. What goes wrong? What doesn't go as planned? When I went streaking, I got arrested naked. Well, if I didn't get arrested naked, I don't really have a story. In my pill in the peanut butter story, the dog spits up the pill. She doesn't swallow the pill. She spits up the pill. There's an obstacle. What is the obstacle in your story? Step five, overcome the obstacle. Now this is where the teaching comes in. This is where the education comes in. How? This is the how to step. How did you overcome the obstacle? What steps did you take? There's a sequence. Did you make a choice? Did you take an action? Did that action not work out? And you had to make another choice, another decision. So you actually, in the overcoming the obstacle, have to get real strategic about what are the things that I want to use the story to teach. And those are the things that I illustrate in how I overcome the obstacle. Step six, resolve the story. Tell me how things worked out. I have to tell you in my pill and the peanut butter story that she did swallow the pill and she got better. It doesn't take much, but you do have to say, how did things work out? Now, here's the real business application, step seven, eight, and nine. Step seven is to make the point. Hide the pill in the peanut butter. That's called a phrase that pays. It's verb-oriented. Hide what? The pill in the peanut butter. So there's a way that you make the point where you say, what I learned from that experience is you got to hide the pill in the peanut butter. Step eight is ask the question. This is where you engage the listener. What I learned from that experience, step seven, is hide the pill in the peanut butter. Step eight, how about you? Mm-hmm. You, better be, you ever been okay. in a situation where things didn't go according to plan? Where you I knew like how that. to do something, you had a plan in place, and it didn't work out? Step nine, well, my challenge for you is the next time things don't go according to plan, hide the pill in the peanut butter. So step seven is what I learned. Step eight is how about you? Step nine is my challenge for you. So that's the nine steps of story structure. The problem that a lot of people have with story is they do not have instructions. They just don't have a a system or a process. They think, well, I just suck at storytelling, so I don't want to do it because I don't want to embarrass myself. Well, if you have instructions, which my nine steps are, if you have some techniques, some methodology, you can tell a great story. So that's the nine steps. That's the major aspect of how. How do you craft a story? But you do have to take the time before you try and tell a story in a high value situation, you have to take the time to sit down and write it out, or at least outline it and be strategic about what is the obstacle and what is the overcome the obstacle so that I I, I am teaching what I want to teach. Because in the in the end, story is an educational application. It teaches something.
0: What do you say to people who say, I don't have the confidence to tell a story or to people who say, I don't want to appear like I'm bragging. What do you say to people who have those kind of blocks in their head?
1: Yeah, no, that that's it's it, it's very common. The first thing is people don't want to still tell a story because they feel that they're terrible at it because they have no methodology. Mm -hmm. If you follow the nine steps, it will give you the confidence to think, well, this guy knows what he's talking about. He's developed these nine steps. These are the same nine steps that all the movies of the world have ever been used. This is traditional storytelling. This should work better. So -hmm. that gives you a little bit more confidence. Number two, this whole thing about bragging. I have seen in my years as a speaker, people get up and brag. Mm -hmm. And it turns me off because all they talk about are their successes and how wonderful they are and how much money they make and how they've got a ferrari in the driveway and a you know 65 square foot house on the top <laughs> of a hill overlooking lake como it's like oh shut up <laughs> nobody wants to hear that you were a success from the day you were born people relate to people who struggle You are not bragging if you tell a story about going off to accomplish something and encountering challenges. I relate to the challenges, to the obstacles, to the missteps, to the misunderstanding, to the poor judgments. I relate to that stuff because that's human. So you're not bragging if you tell a story and it's the right story for the right moment and the right point. You're not bragging. If you tell a story, a personal story about yourself, but you learned a lesson that would apply to me, in that case, it is an act of service.
0: I like that. It's an act of service. A story should be an act of service. It's a
1: compassionate act of service. I'm telling the story because I want to spare you the pain.
0: I like that. I like that. That will definitely help people overcome their obstacles. Any any last points that you want to share with leaders who want to start telling stories, want to improve their stories, are afraid to tell stories? Any last points? Well, one of the most challenging things, and I've witnessed this with so many
1: leaders, because quite often when I was giving keynotes at conferences, I would be preceded on the platform by a VP of sales or the president of the company or somebody And time after time after time, I would see them get up there. Somebody else had written their speech. Mm. They're reading a speech that's not them. Mm -hmm. They have invested no energy into actually showing up and doing something personal and real. They didn't connect with their audience. And my main, main, main challenge with these people is write your own speech. Talk about what's going on in the company from your heart and soul remove the mask Mm. stop trying to be the role and just show up as a human being as a dad as a husband as a father as 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 a as, as a mother as a as a wife as a spouse as a as a as a runner as a you know baker as a carpenter as a i mean Talk to me about your life. Let me see who you are. Open the open the window and let me see you.
0: I love that. I love that. That requires a level of vulnerability that is hard for some people. It is well, hard. you know,
1: if we take away the word vulnerability and we just say, just be honest.
0: Mm, just
1: vulnerability be honest. scares people. It's like, oh, I will be, a, they'll think I'm weak. Mm-hmm. No, actually, you're the president of the company. I don't think you're weak. <laughs> if you're walking around and you're the CEO or the president or the VP of a region with 6,000 employees, I don't think you're weak. Yeah, I already I know you're pretty darn strong. So by telling a story, you just reveal your humanity.
0: So just I be honest. That. I like be that. Real. Be real. Be honest. Tell us again, you're Doug at dougstevenson.com, correct? Yes, I am. am. And you've got a couple of TED Talks, correct?
1: I have a TED Talk. I did two TED Talks. The first one never made it to YouTube because the organization was pretty dysfunctional. But the second one, I did one in in San Antonio, and it's called How to Talk to a Bigot.
0: Hmm, How interesting.
1: Very interesting topic. How to talk to a bigot. And uh, if you watch that video, it's on YouTube. How to talk to a bigot. You will see me using story for an entire TED talk and how I use story very strategically. I also have something that I'd like your your listeners to participate in, and it's my podcast. It's called the Storytelling That Sticks for Business and Life Podcast storytelling that sticks for business and life podcasts. It's on Apple and and Spotify and Audible and and all of the places where you can listen to that. So there's two, and you you can study with me on the podcast because I am teaching on that podcast, just like your podcast, I'm teaching all kinds of skills, tools, techniques, the nine steps, the phrase that pays, what's the right length for a story, all of that.
0: And you also offer one-on-one coaching for people who want to improve their storytelling, correct?
1: Yes. And, and, and here's the offer that I would make to your listeners. I offer a free 20 minute coaching call or consultation call on zoom to anybody who wants it free 20 minutes. You can just come and hang out with me for 20 minutes. You can ask me questions. I can coach you on a story. Or if you're thinking about, you know, looking at me as a coach for your story or your keynote, In whatever area you want, TED Talks, keynotes, training, community speech. Just get in touch with me at Doug at DougStevenson.com. And I will put you in touch with Deborah, my wife, my business partner, the VP of everything. And she'll schedule a free 20-minute Zoom call and we'll hang out.
0: And a book. You've written a book or books, correct?
1: My book is called Doug Stevenson's Story Theater Method. Doug Stevenson's Story Theater Method. It's available on Amazon and Barnes and Noble and wherever you can buy it as a paperback or as a ebook, a downloadable ebook. Ebook.
0: Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for sharing your expertise. Thank you for making story more understandable for me, for my listeners, and thank you for all the contributions that you have made to speakers like me, to our lives, and to our world. I appreciate it.
1: I share my gift. You share your gift. We make a difference. Stay well. Stay well. Thank you.
0: Thanks for listening to this podcast. I hope that you got tools that you'll actually use and share. Subscribe to get more relevant leadership learning. Check out my YouTube channel to stay prepared for leading in an ever-evolving world.